Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. Again, this is Andrea Schwartz of the Calcedon Foundation for another Tuesday edition of Homeschooling Helps. Now, there was a book a while back called Tuesdays with Maury. Maybe I should call this Tuesdays with Andrea. And then I was also thinking doing it the way Saturday Night Live does it, you know, live from New York. Well, we can say live from California and Virginia. It's Andrea and Nancy. But maybe we should just stick with Homeschooling Helps with Andrea Schwartz from the Calcedon Foundation. Anyway, today's topic is what constitutes or what should my extracurricular activities be? And as I tend to do, if you've watched any of these or read any of my books, I really like to define the terms and then talk in terms of jurisdiction. God gives the jurisdiction to the family for the education of the children. That means that the parents determine what is part of the curricula. Now, when you're thinking about this, I'm not suggesting that you don't need guidance or you don't need assistance or counsel. There are people and there are ways in which to look at a well-rounded education. But the problem with our modern humanistic education is we have classified some things as more important than others. So academics rises to the top. And I wonder if anybody's ever done a correlation with limiting academics to what education is to why so many people in their late teens and early 20s are so ill-prepared for life and why things like marriage are being delayed Um, is being delayed for so long, maybe people just don't know what to do. So I would posit that a good education and a good curriculum, first and foremost for the Christian, has to include the Bible as the bedrock of every subject that's going to be taught. Then we need to look at what subjects, according to the student's um, age and the ability to receive information, are appropriate. Some students learn how to read when they're three or four. Others aren't ready till much later. That's why having a parent who is observing her child, and it's usually the mom, will be able to say, this is something we can introduce and look at what the child is interested in. But one of the things that's sorely missing from the current humanistic education model is how to run a household, how to start a business. These are things that aren't deemed very important because you can't really do textbooks on that. And so I would say that part of your curriculum should include things like the arts and academics, but domestic skills, economic skills, the ability to understand money coming in and money going out, and most definitely family life. Uh, If a child who by the time he or she is eight, nine, or 10 couldn't step in and help with the chores in terms of maintaining the house and uh, knowing what foods to use for a, a meal and be able to do that, you're going to have a household of 
mom being the servant or the slave and that she's serving the others, not that it's wrong to be a servant leader, but if you're not teaching them how to do the same thing. So what we elevate in terms of what's important is the message that we give to our children that says, this is what's important. So if long division is more important than keeping the bathroom clean and being able to receive guests by making use of hospitality that we could actually let someone into our house and not be ashamed of how the house looks and we could really be hospitable, then what people are going to come up with the idea is that the only things in life that are truly God-given callings would be doctor, lawyer, engineer, uh, teacher. Not that these aren't good things and we need them, but if that's the only thing that we elevate, then we're going to miss out on an important part of how family life is the first school, the first church, the first workplace where you learn how to interact with other people. So believe it or not, if you are homeschooling a number of children and they're different ages, it's actually a benefit. It's not a detriment because the whole idea of people who are a certain age should only hang around with other people who are a certain age is a contrivance of the humanistic model, which if you know anything about it, um, it's a very unnatural thing. So extracurricular activities should be things that maybe go beyond the, the basics and the, the, the foundational things you're going to cover, but as opportunities arise that you'd be able to make use of it. And I'm going to bring Nancy up right now because Nancy in her family business ministry church in Maine has taken on the role of being a homeschool association or a Christian education association for people in her area. And as a result of Nancy and her husband keeping their eyes and ears open, they have been able to seize opportunities to allow homeschool families to take part in what they probably didn't consider initially as extra. But as you'll see, as Nancy describes it, um, how it's a very much uh, an integral part of learning how to be a Christian individual in a Christian family with the skills and the lessons that will be learned. So hi, Nancy. Good morning, Andrea. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I'm going to turn this over to you to do a little bit of an explanation of how these two particular um, extracurricular activities ended up being part of your Appomattox Home Educators Association. So I'll give it to you. Okay, great. Well, first of all, I want to make note that we changed the name of our homeschool association to family educators because we wanted the whole family to be able to consider that education and homeschool was not just about academics for the children, but for the whole family to learn and grow and develop and operate from a biblical worldview. So we call our group the Epimetics Area Family Educators. And one of our students, on her own initiative, applied for a grant. This was a nationwide grant for leaders and entrepreneurs. And it had to do with um, healthy food. And her proposed project was to teach young people from seed to table where their food came from. 
So she needed a, um, a space to do it. It had to be a public space or a business place. It couldn't be a, a private space. But she was one of 10 nationwide grant recipients. And this grant was made available through Domino's and AdCap um, Youth. And so it's pretty, pretty big deal, you know. And um, so what we were able to do was to offer our space behind the local APX market, which is where we do our business. So she's going to set up an educational market garden project where her, she'll be the leader, she'll be the entrepreneur and have to develop a sustainable um, business project that teaches, like I said, teaches students from seed to table where their food comes from. So we're going to put together a um, a uh, container garden in the back. They're going to look at different types of gardening. They're going to build a compost pile. They're going to do a worm bin. They're going to have to do a, a water uh, system to collect the water and water their plants. They're going to be able to um, bring their their goods and services to market either in terms of um, edible flowers that we'll um, use in the kitchen or herbs that we'll use in the market kitchen, or they'll be able to sell them in the market. They'll be able to teach classes and earn money that way. We've got lots of folks involved in this project. The um, Epimetics Area uh, Master Gardeners Association is very interested in the project. Um, Land and Table, which is a community um, local food people and farmers in the area want to come and participate in this. And um, our accountant wants to come and show the kids how to um, keep their ledger books and show a profit and loss. And so there's all kinds of things that they're going to be able to, um, to uh, people that are going to be able to participate, not just home floors. So they're kind of leading it, but other folks in the community are going to be able to participate. So it's not like they're, um, their learning is limited to the workbooks at the kitchen table. So can I ask you a couple of questions? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so far, how many people um, within the home education community have expressed interest in participating with this? Okay. Well, when she presented her um, when she presented her project the first time, there were forty one people in attendance. So that's that's pretty good for a, for an initial start for a fifteen year old kid's uh, big idea. Okay, so did you have a hard time selling the idea to home educating parents to say? wait a minute, this is a worthwhile activity for your children to do as you explain to them all the applications that were going to be possible with their participation in this? No, no, not at all. In fact, um, there's, there's sufficient people that are interested in doing this that we can't get them all together at one time. We're going to have to sort of break it up and let this family do this part and another family do another part because you know, we just, we can't get all the interested parties at the same time. 
You know, we've got some design in the garden and some daddy's, you know, building the garden and kids sprouting seeds and, you know, others are going to be working on our marketing for the, for the project. And so there's plenty of opportunity for the children and parents to contribute in terms of their interest. Everybody gets to, everybody gets to participate sort of in a, um, decentralized and diversified way you know any good project and this has been my experience over the almost 30 years that i homeschooled anything that you're going to bring people together for it's always best if there are multiple levels of um benefit that can come from it and i honestly think that um the more people interact with Christian homeschooling families, which it sounds to me like people from your community are going to, this will serve the additional purpose of demonstrating the opportunities available with homeschooling and how in the middle of the day, if this is when something particular is going to happen or that the accountant is there to help the children under, understand things, or even the adults, as you pointed out, because a lot of adults don't know necessarily how to be entrepreneurial in their lives, that this will have multiple levels of benefit and people will have a good impression as they should of people who homeschool. Right. Right. One of our, um, one of our students is insistent that we grow zucchinis because she knows how to make zucchini muffins and needs those zucchinis to go in her muffins so she can sell her muffins at the market. Right. So it's a, it's a very um, integrated community that you have there. And you really didn't have to do too much other than say, you can use some of our land. Oh, by the way, we have a market. So anything that produces from the garden could be sold there. And I, I see this as being a great benefit to have homeschooling families, Christian homeschooling families be ambassadors to your community. Right. That's one of the things that we really want to make um, really very clear is, and communicate as often as possible that we always operate from the position that Christ is Lord, God is sovereign, the earth is the Lord's, and we belong to him. So that's the context for everything we do. You mentioned earlier that the Bible was the foundation for what we do. It is the foundation for what we do. It's also the total context for what we do. It frames and informs it all. Right. Okay. So I'm going to let you go now because I think you've explained this and I'm hoping that anybody who has um, questions about this can either post them here. We have a shout out from Matt McGee saying um, a shout out to Landon Table. Um, and uh, he says they're great people. So let's hear it for Landon Table. So now I want you to talk about the horse endeavor that right. you're part of and your homeschoolers are being able to take advantage of. Yeah, that's another super fun thing that we have uh, going on. There's a, there's a lady in our community. Um, she is, has always been in the horse industry, actually the race horses. And she has a nonprofit organization called War Horses at Rose Bower. And she takes in thoroughbred race horses after they have finished their career into a retirement and retraining program. So um, she 
you know, when these horses, when these horses come off the racetrack, they have really been trained to run fast and they've been very pampered. They don't like flies. They don't like the heat. They don't like the grass. And so they've been very well taken care of, very pampered, as you would imagine, um, athletes in some respects are. And these horses, one of them is, you know, has like over $600,000 um, winnings. And so these are very, you know, very well trained animals, but they finish their career in horse racing. So as a steward, we want to look at this and say, okay, so their life is not over. They need to learn something else. So we have opportunity to partner with her and help her to bring a people component, extend that um, stewardship responsibility that she's taken on to care for and retrain these animals. The Bible tells us that a righteous man cares for his animals. So we don't want to just turn these animals out to be, um, you know, pasture pals or um, go to the kill pen, but they can be retrained for therapy animals, for show animals, for trail riding, and lots of things. They're just not racehorses anymore, but they are beautiful animals and thoroughbreds. So we're going to we're going to help her um, to prepare these animals for their next job. We're going to help her to communicate to other people what it what it requires to care for for an animal. So, so some of the ways that we're going to be able to um, to look at this when the when the farrier comes to tend to the animal's shoes, um, we'll be we'll be able to come and observe that. We'll be able to figure out how much hay these horses need. We'll be able to um, help them to retrain and to acclimate for their next next job responsibilities. Um, one of the first things that we're going to do is um, uh, look at safety for the horses and for the people. So. So we'll be doing lots of um, lots of tasks, and in my homeschool students, will be training with Barbara to um, to be of assistance in um, introducing these horses and others in the community to her program. So they'll have first kind of front row seat front row seats in preparing these horses, training these horses, stewarding the, these um, these opportunities and sharing them with the broader community. Another thing about this property, it is it being in Appomattox, it's just on the other side of the Appomattox area courthouse. So this is where we're gonna tie history in, history in racing, history in our community. The um, original owners of this farm, it's a pre-Civil War uh, farm. So we know that the original occupants of this uh, property watched the, um, the surrendering uh, Confederate soldiers walk down the road in front of this farm. So, you know, just when you look out, at, you know, if you can take your textbook and close it for a minute, 
look around your community and consider the possibility. There is so, so much to learn and explore and to communicate with others. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm really excited about this. Another one of the things we're going to let the kids do is they're going to write, um, they're going to write history and story and to do um, interviews um, on behalf of, uh, not interviews, they're going to interview Barbara to be able to do um, like a news report for the um, uh, in press release for the history of all these horses and introducing the horses to their new owners. So it's going to just be so much fun. I just, I can't wait. It was my favorite part of homeschooling, doing all this kind of stuff. So I love it. Love it. Love it. Right. And you see, it's only limited by your ability to think, what would I like my children to know? Now, this is something that I'm about to share with something that couldn't happen today. But when my son, who will be 40 years old this year, was young and he was my only child, I constantly looked at opportunities. And back in that day, you could go into the control tower at an airport. And we got into the control tower at San Francisco airport and he was able to put the headphones on listening wow. to them bring the planes into landing. Now we know for a lot of different reasons that would never happen. I did the same thing with bringing him to fire stations and police stations and being able to go inside. And I remember um, his eyes getting very wide when he saw the prison cells and we got to talk about various things and why you wouldn't want to be there and, and things of that nature. Now, granted, when you have more children, it's a little harder to do it. And that's why situations like you have with the growing opportunity and the equestrian opportunity, um, as a veteran homeschool mom who no longer has individual students she's homeschooling, you can create these opportunities. And I think it's extremely important. But even if you're not, you still are actively homeschooling, think about things. If you're taking your dog to the vet or there's going to be some surgery. When we had surgeries for our pets, I asked the vet, by the way, could we go in and watch? He said, sure. You know, it was in the middle of the day. It wasn't as though there was a whole 30 people walking in to watch the surgery. So there are always opportunities and you'd be amazed at the, at the impact it has on young people. You might think, well, this was so inconsequential, but they remember it. I remember when I started a homeschool choir, which was a joke because I'm not musical. I can't sing, but I wanted my daughter who had a God-given beautiful voice to have the opportunity to learn how to sing and read music. And so I put it together and one of the highlights was going to various places, specifically retirement homes, and the children would sing. Well, not only did the elderly love it, but the children had no back off with somebody just because they had gray hair or they were in a wheelchair or whatever. So they learned the interaction. But one of the most impressive things was the staff. When I would bring in 35 children under the age of eight to sing, and they were quiet and they were listening and they looked at me and they said, how do you do this? And I said, how do I do what? How do you get them to listen to you? And I'd say, oh, well, these children are all home educated and we expect them to listen. That's the standard. 
Right. They were sure that there was something else going on. I said, no, I had not drugged the children. They really do listen. And of course, they had beautiful voices and they were able to do it. So was choir extracurricular? No, for us, choir was the main part of the curriculum, even though it was one day a week and it didn't necessarily occupy the majority of our time. It still had a high priority. And I can't stress enough why parents have to determine what it is they want their children to learn. I'm assuming that the parents are interested in furthering the kingdom and honoring God. So I'm not too concerned with people slacking off and deciding, well, the children's education will be video games. Um, I suppose there are some people who will do that, but that's not the people who I anticipate will watch this and are eager to know how to serve God under the context or the banner of Christian home education. So for those who are interested in finding out what things are available, the great part about Google searches is put in homeschool support groups, homeschool extracurricular activities in your area, and you'll probably find people who are willing, like Nancy and um, Church in Maine, which is her business, to be able to come alongside and create opportunities for people. Right. Right. So what's next on your agenda? What else are you going to plan so that homeschooling families have uh, opportunities? Because I know there's never a shortage of ideas with you. You know, there's not. Um, One of the next things that we're going to do, hopefully in June, we're going to begin to put in a kitchen in our market. So when we put our kitchen in the market, then we're going to be able to begin looking at some culinary art skills and canning and um, preparing food. And um, we've got a doctor in the community that wants to work with us in terms of food as medicine. So the opportunities really are endless. I think the, the, the challenge is um, just to think out outside of the box into the, grand and beautiful um, and and, uh, comprehensive plan and provision of God. Because when we start to see these things in that context and see why are we doing this? How does this um, glorify God? How does it advance the kingdom? In, In choosing this activity versus another activity, are we honoring God? And if so, in what way? Even the things in terms of the the beginning um, projects that we're doing in the with the horse with the horses, it's about safety, you know. And God tells us um, not to kill. So when in not killing, we're also protecting life. So we're looking after our animals. We're looking after the the people on the property, and um, and if you don't work, you don't eat. So these horses have to work. So we're going to teach them a new job. Very good. Um, I should add one of the biggest challenges Nancy has, and you probably heard it in the background, that at irregular times, a train goes by right outside her window. So if you thought you were hearing a train, you're not imagining things. You're not hearing things that aren't there. You're not hallucinating. There actually (laughs) is a train that goes by. And uh, I don't think there's a way to stop it. And I'm not sure you know exactly when it's going to happen. Now, the trains come whenever they want to, and they did not um, fill us in on their schedule. So we decided when we moved into this spot that we were just going to have to like trains. And so it's 
it's adds to the adventure. Right, exactly. All right, anything else that you think maybe we should have included in the idea of the curriculum and the extras? Well, one thing that, um, you know, I think that we do need to consider is if, you, if you're not really got your head wrapped around this entirely and you use more of a very structured um, type of curriculum, you will have to um, have some selection about what you what you do additionally. So maybe if you could, in the last minute, just kind of um, help evaluate those. If you're kind of like I said, already stuck in a very right. structured uh, curriculum. Okay, so I'm holding up a. Let's see if I got it here. Yes. It is a very old copy because it was the first copy I ever had of the philosophy of the Christian curriculum. And there's a newer cover if you were to purchase it now. And I'm sure we'll put the post, um, the link up on how to get it. This gives you an idea when I said it's a good idea to have some counsel. It's a good idea to have some advice. Um, mm -hmm. This book will differentiate what a Christian education looks like as opposed to a humanistic secular education. So I highly recommend that book and I do that every week. And then there's another book that is also, I can see if I can get it up there. Yes. Okay. How to tutor. For those of you who might be concerned that maybe you're not getting all your T's crossed and your, you know, eyes dotted, let me recommend that book as a way in which to give you as the teacher an overview to make sure that you're going along and you're doing it in a way that will be effective. The first book, in terms of the philosophy, it's very important to have your philosophy down so you know what to include and what not. But then the How to Tutor book is the nuts and bolts of, okay, this is how you teach reading. This is how you teach arithmetic. This is how you teach writing. And interestingly enough, Everything that Nancy mentioned that is going to be possible as these children deal with the farms, the farming or the growing food and the equestrians, it will involve reading, it will involve writing, and it will involve arithmetic. So at least those are the basics. And I would dare say that especially for young children, as you're working on those three areas, Give them a multitude of experiences that let them see how these all apply to life. You take children and they enter school and they're bright eyed and they're bushy tailed and they want to learn. And then somewhere along fourth or fifth grade, then it starts being, oh, my goodness, I'm not getting out of here for any time soon because the subjects are rarely related to their calling under God. And so one of the major emphasis that should be a constant in your homeschool is showing your children the relevance of what you said is important and that they can see that right here, right now, this is their opportunity to serve God cheerfully with an eye to the fact that they won't always be children and that uh, there's going to be a time where they take the helm and they need to be skilled in how to go ahead and do that. Right. Very good, Andrea. Right. Well, it looks like we're out of town. It it's always like a pleasure being with you. 
All right. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate your willingness to um, to share with us. And uh, for those of you who um, possibly have questions about anything we've covered in this segment or any segment in the future, that, or any segment of the past, I should say, um, feel free to contact me via Facebook and I'll be more than happy to either directly answer your question or to make the subject of a broadcast. Um, there are a number of people that I have in the wings that I'm trying to snag in terms of having them come on and share various things, not just for subjects to teach, but maybe ways in which to help parents be more confident and more effective in terms of their um, of their home educating process. So until next time, God bless you all and uh, have a great week. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz in the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Living with the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionofthewayroad.com.